You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you use your channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Loads of great guests coming up. Um, loads of great fans, loads of great players, including today, Lifelong Hammer, it's John Leddington. Hi John, how are you? Fine, thank you Russ, fine. How are you coping in this new world we live in at the moment? Yeah, not too bad. Um... Just uh, plodding on, as they say. Um, I've retired now, so work isn't an issue. Uh, my wife, she's got a condition, so she's had to sort of uh, safeguard. Yeah. So I've been doing errands and shopping and stuff. But <laughs> when we're together, we, we do reading. I listen to lots of music, watch lots of movies. So, it, yeah, it's. Uh, I can't say it's been um, uh, uh, not a good thing. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's me and Jeanette have spent a lot of time together and we're not a couple that uh, gets fed up with each other's company we, oh, we like each other's company <laughs> yeah so um so yeah but Jeanette's back at work now so uh oh, it's so a little you're... bit of normality yeah now now you're now you're kicking yourself around the house a little bit now yeah you? yeah <laughs> wait for home time I know how you feel <laughs> I know how you feel but obviously football's back so at least you've got something yeah to, it is something to moan about you know you've got something new yeah. to moan about so yeah it seems fun. a bit odd with no uh, supporters uh, yeah. I think it proves that supporters are vital to the game yeah, vital I, I totally agree it's, it's one of those things where um, I think they obviously they had to get it all done they had to get the season finished and just say obviously if they didn't, there'd be yeah, litigations, wouldn't there? If everybody goes yeah. down or stays up. So that had to be done. And you're right. I think uh, I think it's actually helped a lot. I think, you know, there's, you know, I, I think there's an appreciation, as you said, of the fans and the impact they do make, um, particularly the first few games where it was weird and the fitness levels were low. And you're thinking if the crowd were there, it may have given them another 10%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In terms of that but it but it is what it is isn't it and you know, it is there's nothing we can do it's uh this virus has affected all walks of life all activities so you've just got to go with it 
exactly. You're right. And, you know, we'll get this season over with. We'll beat, uh, we'll beat Watford on Friday and, and we'll, we'll be OK. Be and I think if we, if we win tomorrow, that should be it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That should be it. It should be safety. It should be. It should be. <laughs> but we know, John, you, 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 always, you know, anything can happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can never <laughs> predict. You can never be sure. <laughs> no, you really can't. But that is the joy of being West, a West Ham fan. So it is. Speaking of that, John, I always ask every person I have on the on the channel, whether it's a player or, or, or a fan, you know, their story. So why West Ham? Why is West Ham your team? I'm not detecting a, a cockney twang in your no, accent or anything like that. No, no. Well, I was born in Stoke-on-Trent and I've lived here all my life. And when I was 10, I started taking a real interest in football. I started playing football at school got for the school team. Yeah. And in 64, when West Ham got to the cup final, I just, um, obviously back those days, it's the biggest game of the calendar. It's the biggest game you could see live on television. And it started at eight o'clock in the morning, went through till six o'clock at night. It was a whole day. And the, the lead up to the game, I, I read in the paper, West Ham versus Preston, and I had no real knowledge. Mm. And I watched the match and I just, I just liked them, you know, and the strip really, I like the strip, even though you're black and white. Uh, no colour television, the strip, and then they won. And I, I did particularly like John Sisson's. Yeah. Uh, because, like, same Christian name, and I, when I played football, I played on the wing, and John was a winger. I just like John Sisson's, and I still he's still close to my heart now. So watch the match, they won. And then the start of the 64-65 season... West Ham were fixtured to play Stoke at the Victoria Ground oh. in the September. So I asked my dad to take me. So he did. We ended up losing 3-1, but that had no negative uh, connotations at all. Uh, it, it just enhanced, you know, and, and the strip, the away strip, the iconic, the sky blue strip with the claret uh, hoops. Yeah. I loved it, you know. And um, it was just... Uh, the. Logically, I should have been a Stoke City or Port Vale fan. But once I'd seen West Ham in the flesh, I'd seen the cup final, I was hooked. I was really hooked. And it might sound really strange, but it was something magical, really. You know, they just got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I say I was 10 years of age. And that, in the Christmas of 64, my mum and dad wrote to the club to see about buying a strip for me a full strip and the club sent the strip up without payment which i'll learn years later so they trusted they sent the strip and trusted my mum and dad to send the money which they did and then as i got into my teen years i'd go to the odd match not regular because i was still at school and the money side but i'd go if they were in manchester or the midlands i'd, I'd go to matches when i was in my te early teens and um I remember going to match. I remember in 69 paying for a ticket when they played Mansfield in their FA Cup. It was 10 shilling the ticket was, but it was postponed because of bad weather. And then they played it in the midweek. And um, obviously I couldn't go because it was school. Of course. And then um, 
it's just just I wanted to go to these matches and the matches I picked my matches, you know. I wasn't lucky enough to be a, a local hammer who, who could go every home match. Yeah. And then um the earlier round they played Huddersfield and uh, and my sister was in was at Leeds University then. So I met her in the centre of Leeds. We got tickets for the match, my sister and her friend Barbara, and I waited for her in the centre in Leeds and I was accosted by some Leeds fans. So by the time my sister had turned up, I was covered in spittle. <laughs> but we went to the match and, you know, it was, uh, we won 2 nil. so, yeah. And then um, as you go on, I went to three of the four League Cup semi-final matches against Stoke. And um, it culminated in Stoke winning 3-2 at Old Trafford. Yeah. But what a match that was. It was one of the most exciting football matches I've ever seen. And, yeah. You know, and my bro- dad and my brother-in-law, was. I think I was the only person from Stoke-on-Trent who was sad at uh, the result, you know. But I'm quite happy, really, if it sounds, that Stoke did win because my brother-in-law was a massive Stoke fan and... Oh. Three years later, we passed away oh, from uh, Hodgkin's non-lymphoma. And so I'm glad that he got to see his beloved yeah. Stoke win the final, I, you know, because uh, he was only 30 when he passed. So, yeah, was, you know. And then my dad got me two tickets for the final in 75. And I went down on the bus with a friend of mine, Phil. And what a day. That, that's one of the great days. I mean, 75 was a good year because I met my wife in the February. Yeah. And then West Ham won the cup, so it's a pretty good year. Yeah, it's a good year. That's a good, good year. year. And then, as I say, I used to go to the odd matches. And then yeah. my son was born in '77. I couldn't get a ticket for the '80 final, so I watched it at home. And then I took Andrew for his first match in '84 when he was seven. This was down at Stoke, and we won four-two. So Andrew became then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to go matches together. I've got somebody to go with then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because in the early days, there was nobody in Stoke-on-Trent who <laughs> remotely supported West Ham. At school, I had a mate, Jimmy, who was a Leeds fan, but everybody else was Stoke and, and Port Vale, you know. Yeah. And um, so me and Andrew used to go on the train. And But in Stoke-on-Trent now, Russ, there's a lot of West Ham fans Really? I've met lifelong friends. I've made lifelong friends with people I've met at matches from Stoke-on-Trent, and there's a lot of West Ham fans in Stoke. Is, is, and is, yeah, do you think that's do you think that's um, you know sort of uh, Eastenders moving up north, or was it or was it like people like yourself? No locals. Oh wow! So locals, similar, yeah, yeah. Similar um, to you. Wow. Yeah, no, there's a few lifelong friends, you know. Um, who I met and uh, we've become, say, friends. And and I used to go on the train. Then I started to drive down to Upton Park, yeah. um, which is, you know, a 360-mile round trip. I couldn't do it very often, but I did, yeah. you know. Yeah. I went to the semi-final against Forest at Villa Park. Yeah. And I've never come away from a West Ham defeat feeling so... Elated, if you know what I mean, because yeah. of the <laughs> the it was such a, a wonderful experience yeah. on the whole ten with the West Ham fans singing Billy Bond's Quiet and Army. As the goals kept going in against us, yeah. the sound got louder. It was incredible, really. You know, it was an it was a surreal that um, 
we'd be getting thrashed, but the fans were just it was just typified West Ham fans, you know, yeah, yeah. gallows humor, really, in a lot of respects. Yeah, but it was brilliant, and then sort of uh, me and Andrew kept going to matches, and uh, we uh, went to both playoff matches at Cardiff against yeah. Palace and Preston. Um, the first one, forget about that one, and then yeah. against Preston. Uh, great, brilliant day. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. We managed to get ticket. A friend of mine, Tony, got us tickets for the semi-final against Middlesbrough at Villa Park. So we went there. I mean, over the years, I haven't been to, like the locals would be, to hundreds of matches, but I've got great memories of, yeah. of brilliant occasions. Yeah. And the Middlesbrough semi-final at Villa Park, that's another great memory, other than the result, because obviously they had a minute silence for John Lyle. And then some fan during the minute silence shouted, Johnny Lyle's Quarant Bawami, and then everybody was singing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got booed by the Middlesbrough fans who just didn't get it. Do. You know, just didn't get it at all. Couldn't get a ticket for the two, uh, the final against Liverpool. But yeah, it was. Uh, I've had some great times in life following West Ham, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You no, know? exactly. And, and, and as you said, you know, it's not. Uh... You know, and I say it, and you probably know more anyway. I say it every episode, but we're not in it for the football. Um, we've we've packed the wrong horse there. Although you came into, you know, at, at sixty four, yeah, you had, you know, sixty four to eighty five. You know, that's sort of the the the, the golden period, really. Yeah, so, yeah. A bit of a glory hunter, really, John. To well, <laughs> well, I was at ten years no, of age, <laughs> but um, I did appreciate the type of football they played because. Yeah. They, you know, I was only ten, but I team football. The uh, I think they played tic tac before Barcelona. You know, which, which oh, it's yeah. it's a bit of a stretch, but they used to play lovely passing football along the deck. You know, and um, slick football. Yeah. But they had the players. You know. Yeah, yeah. You can play the football if you've got the right players in the right position. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they had some wonderful players. You know, I mean. I mean, I went to Old Trafford in 68 on my own. Uh, we drew one each, and on one side was Best Lord Charlton, and on, that, on the West Ham side was Moorhurst Peters. I mean, wonderful, you know. Yeah. Wonderful footballers. No, I'm a 60s football man. Yeah. I love the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that. No, no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, it, and, and, and the great thing is, you know, as you said, West Ham sort of like um, – it just gets into your clothes, doesn't it? it just, you can't wash it out. And as you said, you know, you watch, you watch a few games, and then before you know it, you're going, you're travelling everywhere around. Oh yeah, I mean, just to see this team, it's like. I mean, if I didn't love West Ham, I wouldn't at thirteen, fourteen, get on a train and go to Manchester or Birmingham or Leeds or you know, I, I love West Ham, and I, I went because I nobody to go with, but I was yeah. happy going on my own. Yeah, and and you probably do, and and when you got there, you didn't feel like you was on your own at all because of no, no. the community. And as you said, you met loads of loads of lifelong friends because of West Ham. Yeah, you know, you oh yeah, and when and when I went when I went to Upton Park, I mean met obviously the local uh, fans and um, had a lot of interaction with them, and just brilliant. Yeah, it's wonderful memories. You know, they are. They are. I'm, I, we to, I, well, I mean, we must be totally biased, but I honestly think we've one of the best fan fan bases in in the league because oh yeah because we just see and even more so in this sort of weird world we live in at the moment. 
you know, it just you just see the the community spirit that comes through. You know, it's all the yeah. you know the, it's the East End spirit coming through. You know, everyone yeah yeah chatting to each other on the, Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I mean, on Facebook, I've got a lot of West Ham fans as friends. You know, and uh, a lot of interaction with them, and you know, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant, and they, and that's how this channel started, you know, because of that, and that's how it's become this beast of a thing at the moment. Because oh yes, yeah, it's, it's wonderful, you know, you can you, players giving their histories and fans. It's 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 brilliant. I look, you know, love it. It's uh, yeah, it's good fun, and and it's nice to talk to people who I wouldn't have spoken to. So you know, I never would have spoken. You probably John ever in my life, to be honest. And now I'm no, no, yeah, to you and having a lovely time. And same with whenever, yeah, you know, and, and it's um. It's lovely because I'm making new, new friends and, and also finding a lot about my history of West Ham. You know, I, I came into it relatively late, um, not late, but later than you, for example. Um, and all the 60s and 70s and the 80s stuff as well. It's really interesting. You know, I find it really fascinating listening to all these stories and, and stuff like that. And as you said, you talk about you know, Johnny Sissons and people like that. I yeah. now know who you talk about now. So I, cause oh, I, yeah. I, I've been doing my, my research afterwards because uh, it's some of my fantastic stories. You know, I was like, um, the, what was on the other day um, from Michael? Noel, Noel Campwell. And so I've been reading about Noel Campwell, you know, and it, it's amazing yeah. all this stuff you learn. He was actually before my time, Noel Campwell, yeah. but obviously I'm aware of, of him and Malcolm Allison and... Uh, and people like that, you know, sitting in cassetteries, sort of uh, moving the salt and pepper pots around, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And there was, um, oh, because oh, I only so many people. I know the stories, but not the people. I apologise if I didn't credit you properly, whoever into you. But there was a story, and I was it Derek, Derek Grimble. That was it, Derek Grimble's story. He was about cassetteries, and uh, he was, like, in a park in the middle of somewhere in America, and he was talking to someone. He had, a, he was, a, you know, he heard a Cockney accent, and they were chatting. And he, he was the wife of uh, the granddad was the owner of the calf. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I love all these weird sort of interactions that West Ham yeah. just brings together. It's wonderful. It's so um, nice to hear. I went to Malta uh, yeah. in nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty for summer holidays, and. I think it was the first one. Uh, there was a pub called the Twenty Nine Steps, and I had a West Ham T-shirt on. Yeah. And my son had a West Ham T-shirt, and we walked into this with my wife and my mum and dad. Walked in, and then about half a dozen people at the table erupted, you know, West Ham fans, and sort of shouted me over. And yeah, it was great memories. Yeah. Yeah. I always on holiday, literally, I. I literally have a suitcase full of West Ham, so I don't wear anything else around the pool because it's yeah. the only because because you just you start chatting to people, don't you? They oh, you do, yeah. Up, and they might be a West Ham, might be an Arsenal fan, and and then you start that interaction. And you know, nine times out of ten, if I'm in Dubai and wearing a West Ham top, I bump yeah. into a player because they're just always there as well. You know, it's amazing. Oh yeah, I love yeah. It. I love it, love it, love it. Right. So let's, let's talking about players. Um, in a, in a very very clever segue there into what the actual channel's about. Um, this Hammers 11 idea. So the idea yeah. is we, we pick 11 players um, based on... Well, the only rule, really, is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Now, for you, for obviously, 64 onwards, you've got quite a nice spread, to be honest. You've probably got one of the best spreads we've had um, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of players. We try and keep it to a 4-4-2, but to be honest, I'm I'm easy. I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting soft in my old age, John, to be honest. Um 
<laughs> and so for the for the John Eleven, um, who would be between the sticks? I'm really interested about your Eleven. Who well, uh, I base this Eleven. It'd be probably where I'd think the greatest Eleven, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. It, yeah, the the greatest Eleven players, are, in my opinion. You know, n- not to disrespect anybody else. No, of course not. But in goal, I mean, I've seen some. Go- I mean. Jim, I, I love Jim Standen because he was yeah. the first goalkeeper I, I was aware of. I love Bobby Ferguson uh, when they signed him from Kilmarnock in '67 for the world record fee. And you know, Mervyn Day, uh, yeah, '75 Cup final keeper. But it's got to be Phil Parks in goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's a superb goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think he only won one England cap, which is a travesty, really. But when you see that he's he's um, People competing with Shilton, Clements, yeah. Joe Corrigan. They had some great goalkeepers in those days. And yeah. Phil uh, was was the equal of them, I think, yeah. You're right in the fact that we've, again, it's littered through sort of West Ham history that players have come around at the wrong time. So, you know, if Phil was another couple of years older or younger, he would have had more than one England cap, that's for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of other yeah. players, unfortunately, and it just seems to be West Ham always have an asterisk by their name. When yeah. It's just, but we know that's the case. Um, yeah. So, yeah, big field parks. Yeah, that's a good shout, John. Yeah, totally agree with that. Okay, uh, you carry on. You go through the team as you want to in terms of... Well, if we go from right back yep. across the line to left back, right back, Ray Stewart. Yeah. Um. A brilliant, you know, they signed him in the '79, I think, for some like four hundred thousand pound, the uh, most expensive teenager, I think, back then. And you know, a great fullback, and, but he could also play centre back. I think, if I'm right, in the the replay against Everton at Ellen Road in '80, I think he played centre half because Alvin was injured. I think, and he could, he, he could, he could play, and and he would do a good job in midfield because. He got a lot of ability and um, he was competitive and obviously his penalty taking was uh, when when he sort of put the ball down, did his usual walk backwards and then he'd come up and just hit it, yeah. you know, as, as hard as he could and more often than not, I, I can't remember him missing, he must have missed one or two, but he, he was safe as houses with penalties. Yeah, he was a he was a good defender. Yeah, he was. he was. And again, I've been watching a lot of lot of the old foot old footage, but the eighties and stuff. And yeah, he was he was so, an absolutely fantastic, fantastic player, and um, still revered by a lot of the a lot of the players that he played with. You know what I mean? So they yeah they yeah. talk about Ray Stewart, and you know that that always gives more gives me more credence you know to, to what a good player if if the players talk about him in the same regards as the players as the fans because you get this sort of like dual the fans obviously because west ham is is penalties but obviously you know players in terms of what he delivered in training and the matches yeah. and stuff as well i mean he he, he embraced uh, uh the league he, he came down and he he embraced it and uh, i think he he grew to love uh the west ham fans and uh, he loved life in London, I think, you know. Yeah. And he, he, I know he still he still um, goes to matches, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lifelong thing with Ray, yeah, as yeah. he is with other players too. Yeah, no, you're right. And and he just, yeah, he just got the fans. The fans got him. Um, lovely guy. Um, I've had the pleasure of talking to him. Um, he'll be on the channel soon. 
when when we're not locked down at games. Yeah, he wants to do it face to face, which I think is brilliant. But he still he could have just get, he could have dropped me a text, really, couldn't he? But no, we we chatted about an hour and a half about West Ham, you know, and it's like yeah, yeah, have to do that, you know. But they and they, all of that. It I think mentioned. players of those days yeah they had more i think they had more of an affinity with with fans you know where now you you really can't get close to them i mean the the sort of like movie stars they, they're a bit uh you know away from the ordinary fan i don't think i mean i'm not saying that they wouldn't interact with but they, I do now really i know what you mean they're, they're i don't the think game. they are you know no I don't think they mean to be. I just think it's it's a different world, isn't it, than, than 20, 30 years ago, you know, money-wise yeah. and profession, not professionalism, not saying not profession, those guys weren't professional at all, but it's another level in terms of professionalism, social media, stuff like that. It, they have to all be careful, don't they, who they talk yeah. to and, and their openness. So you're right. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're totally right. There was something on television last night about, uh, I think it was Alex Young of Everton and, saying about how they lived in the same streets as the fans you know me, my wife was incredulous you know lived in the same streets you know what they did you know and yeah. now they live in gated um gated mansions and you know yeah. mm. right. but good luck to them good luck to them they got the money they get the money they got to spend it somehow don't they so yeah good luck to them and you're right you know, you know all the particularly west Ham boys around the 60s and 70s they were all from around there you know in the same estates and and stuff and yeah a lot of them had a second job and they had a market stall and stuff like that and you know yeah it, it, that, that's what's come through in the you know i'd, I'd never appreciated you know because obviously I, I i've seen football in sort of from the 90s onwards and obviously it's changed somewhat but not compared to how it was in the 60s and 70s in terms of yeah in terms of the money of the game or anything in the players yeah. themselves right anyway uh tonka's in tonka's in who's next yeah Who you know look back for uh it's sent number five center half um I've, I've seen a few center halves i mean ken brown the 64 center half a legend at the club Alan Stevenson, who um, was signed from Crystal Palace, I think for 80,000. I, I did have a particular liking for him, you know, because uh, it was an exciting signing for me, you know, Alan Stevenson coming in. And I think he played for England under 23s and uh, it was a, you know, a good centre off, yeah. But got to be Alvin at number five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's West Ham's greatest ever centre off, you know. Uh, with Alvin, he could do the. Mock and nettles, as uh, we call it up in the north, but he could play. Yeah, he could pass a ball, he could control the ball, and um, I think um, I, I did hear that he, he was a bit sort of um, he was criticised a lot for trying to overplay sometimes at the back when he should have. Oh, really? Centre half who can play football. I think I think all the great centre halves. Or central defenders could play. They could not only do the the dirty stuff. I mean, getting stuck in, heading the ball away, but they could play. You know, yeah. and I love the footballing centre half. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And again, once a similar one to Ray Stewart. You know, in terms of being this adopted Cockney type thing. You know, very much so with him. You know, he still is in the area. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that, and obviously when when Bill when Billy got his stand named after him, Alvin did the presentation, um, which just shows shows how much he's he's yeah. Good. I mean, um, Alvin does talk lovingly of West Ham. Yeah, he, he does. does. Well. 
and you can see he's got a great love for West Ham. No, I totally agree. Right, okay. Alvin's in. Um, who's next? Who's Ooh, who do I put at number six? That's a that's a bit that's of a six. conundrum. Gary, Gary, Gary Breen, in he comes. <laughs> yeah, obviously Bobby Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sort of greatest ever hammer. You know, a wonderful, wonderful footballer, and uh, a, a terrific man. I know a lot. I've read a lot of the local. Fa- used to say he had time for you, and he'd sign autographs. Yeah. As a little aside. Before I retired, I worked for the NHS in palliative and end-of-life care. Yeah. And I had a small part in the care of Gordon Banks. I, um, as in my job, I used to sit with people who were very poorly, coming to the end. Yeah. And my, my manager rang me up and said, I've got a job for you, and I think you're going to get, want to go, because you knew I was a football fan. Yeah, said it's yeah. Gordon Banks. Anyway, I, I went to his house. It was to give his family a bit of respite so they could go and do a bit of shopping. And yeah. So he was in bed and I, I sat with him for an afternoon. Oh, wow. And he was cool. It's not long before he passed, but yeah. he, we had a good chat about, I mean, you can't be in the company of one of the football's <laughs> greatest ever figures and not talk football. No. And he, he just talked lovingly about as as a footballer, of course, but he also said what a great man he was, yeah. you know, a, a really good human being, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was it was nice to um, to hear him say that, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. But he was a lovely man, Gordon. Yeah. 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 Said you couldn't miss, not take the opportunity, could you? No, it was uh, yeah, it was sad, but uh, it was um, moments of humour, you know, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he was on a. The penalty from Jeffers to Tupton Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how he said he well, he, he said he took the longest run up I've ever seen, <laughs> and I don't think he thought he was going to save it, you know, but he did. But yeah, but Bobby was. Uh, I mean, not the greatest in the air, not a speed merchant, yeah. but every every West Ham fan knows that he had it up here, mm. where he could read the game, and he knew he knew what was what was going to happen. You know, before it happened, yeah. The, you know, Bobby Moore sort of, uh, and obviously won the three matches at Wembley, 64, Cup Final, 65, European Cup, Winners' Cup, and then the World Cup, you know, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, what can you say about Bobby exactly. Moore? I mean, you, you, you were privileged enough to see him play, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's, and that's a, a, an incredible accolade, and you know, obviously, we as as sort of less experienced fans are very thankful for the fact that Bobby played for West Ham, but yeah. you had the first hand experience, and that and again, that's, yeah. that's that's sort of like why we're doing this, so we can sort of categorise and catalogue all these all these people who have seen these players, you know, because yeah. they're you know we're only getting more players and less players are being around to play, and and so no, yeah, I could say you see it about Bobby, and you and you said yeah, we've had. We've had people like Jeff Pike on who have spoken about Bobby from a player's perspective, as you said, you know, not just a fan's perspective, but from a player's perspective, how much of a gentleman he was. Yeah. He would literally wish yeah. everyone a good game. Um, yeah. Individually, you know, little things yeah. like that. And, and obviously people who've worked, Ian Crocker, who's worked with him when he was at Capitol yeah. and stuff like that. Fantastic man. On and yeah. Off yeah. Okay. Bobby is in. Tough break for 
Javier Margas. Bobby's in. Uh, right, okay, let's go. Let's go left back then. Who's the final? Well, uh, there's two that yeah. I would choose from. Frank Lampard Senior, mm. who you know is a legend at West Ham. I think he's up there with the most appearances alongside Billy Bonds and people like that, you know, and he played left back, but he, 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 he was predominantly right footy, but he could um, hit the ball or pass the ball with his left foot. You know, he, in this team, I think there's a lot of two footy players who could play with, who are comfortable on both sides, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got a lot of one footy players who, who, who the, the other foot is uh, useless really but there's a lot of two footy players in this team which is when my son played football I was used to encouraging to use his left foot as well you know and I just you know and he was a great fullback Frank he didn't win as many caps as he should have no. and then um Julian Dix uh legendary left back at West Ham I mean we know his reputation as a hard man but he had much more than that. He could he could play too. He could hit a ball, cross field, 50, 60 yards right on somebody's foot. He scored goals. Just could you just hang on a moment? I've got to uh, put the cat into the living room. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. <laughs> Don't be silly. We've had uh, it's it's a new section of the show. I'm going to start. Is, is guessing their pets. I've had Frank McAvenny's dog. I've had Harry's dog. I've had. Uh, uh, Leroy Rossini's dog, and you're the first fan, <laughs> fan pet cam, so it's great. Yeah. Carry on, back, so, back Julian. Yeah, so Julian, yeah, he, he's uh, a legendary thing. I mean, the fans just adore him. They love him, you know, and another one who, who if, I think if you met him in a pub or in the street, he would have time for you. Definitely. He would, you know, he would have time, and he, he it's an ordinary guy, and uh, but was a, a brilliant footballer. Yeah. And so I'm... Um, I'm choosing Julian for the left back. Yeah. Uh, naturally left footed and defender, and he was great going forward too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. Totally agree. And you're right. Again, outside of these four walls at London Stadium slash Upton Park, no, he, he wasn't given the credit in terms of the player he was in terms of football no. ability because it's always in the reputation always leads him, doesn't he? It proceeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was fantastic, and you know he, he'll always have a, a special place in, in my heart. Because I mean, of... one memory is when we played Manchester United in the nineties, might have been ninety-four at Upton Park. We were two 0 down, and Radachoyu then scored, I think, yeah. and then we had a penalty, and you know Julian against Michael. There was no, no, no doubting the outcome. He hammered it in, and. The, it, the ground just erupted. It was uh, that was a great memory of of, yeah. of ours, you know. It's always yeah. Man United. It's always Man United. John. Yeah, always, yeah. Um, we always thwarted them, didn't we? You, you know, we're, a lot of the time we thwarted them. We are the thorn in their side, and hope. And, and um, we Yeah, and we we were at the match in '95 when we drew and stopped yeah. them winning the league when Blackburn won. So that was a, a good occasion. <laughs> It's just always Man United. It's always <laughs> so the, it, it, everyone talks about the Tottenham and Chelsea's, but you look through and the amount of times we've turned up for Man United um, is is remarkable. It is remarkable, and uh, you know I'm, oh, I remember. And know, we we were at the FA Cup match, the Di Canio uh, yeah. taxi for Barthez. We were there that day with nine really? nine thousand Hammers fans. Another memorable occasion, you know. 
Yeah, it's, it's the, the FA Cup games away have a bit have because obviously you take a bigger percentage of the fans, don't you, in terms of the away? Yeah, games. yeah. And and there's something special about those those away days at, uh, in the. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Love the away days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, what's against you, them? Yeah, exactly. Oh god, yeah, a few more of them next season would be nice. Julian's in. Uh, okay, let's go midfield. Go on, Jen, well, if you start again on the right, it's yep. got to be Martin Peters. Yep. Uh, another legend, another two could hit the ball with right and left foot. And um, one of my first heroes at West Ham, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to be at Upton Park when he he came walking past. So I accosted him for a photograph and he was really obliging. And he he, 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 uh, posed for a photograph with me, which I've got in a frame now, yeah. But a great, a great footballer um, for West Ham and England. You know, scored his uh, fair share of goals. And I think, he, I mean, he, he was very versatile. And I, I actually think he, he might have played in goal for West Ham in one match. I, I think he might have. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, but a, a, a great, uh, a great footballer. You know, good in the air. Yeah, and uh, both feet. No pace, really, but, you know, um, he had the ability, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, right. uh, sadly, he passed away sort of fairly recently, you know. Yeah. All our heroes uh, seem to be going, you know. They do, they do, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. It's, um, yeah, obviously, Jack Charlton going as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's sad. And, I mean, yeah, obviously, Martin was very sad because he had dementia for, for many years. And so... Um, you know, we would we would ask, you know, something we'd always be a bit careful about getting him on yeah. the pitch, uh, interviewing him in case, you know, it was it was a bad day for him. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was a shame, but, you know, he was still there to, you know, wave and, and stuff and, and, and yeah. we could show yeah. the appreciation for him. Um, but, yeah, no, Martin Peters, fantastic. Yeah. And I think with it, it, it going to Tottenham, I don't think tainted his, no, it was his reputation, you know. Which is weird because so many other players, Scott Parker, for example, um, go to you know go to go to Spurs and and then get vilified. Yeah, but Peters never did. And no, uh, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's 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 weird, isn't it? How it's like one rule for one, but not for the yeah. It's, it's, it's I think because it's it's the modern era compared to the slightly older era, you know. But still, you know, and and there's a great story that um my. My uh, my the guy does West Ham. He comments. He does the announcing. Martin Godleyman did in his one right at the beginning of the channel. He and he got into West Ham because of Martin Peters, um, and and his first game was Tottenham away in 1970, and he'd missed the news that he'd moved, <laughs> and so because nowadays you can't you can't no. run you know you get text messages, Twitter alerts. Yeah. And so, but if you miss the news, you're out of sync. And that's what he did. He missed the fact that he'd moved to Tottenham. And so he turned up, looked at the, looked at the team sheet in the back of the programme, Martin Peters at Tottenham. He's like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> but he stayed a West Ham fan. It's amazing. But I yeah, know, Martin great. Right. Okay, let's move on. Who's, who's next then, John? The middle of midfield. First one, Billy Bonds. Yeah. And I think... I mean, when he first signed from Charlton, he was a right back. Yes. Uh, he went into midfield and became captain when Bobby left. And I think he had his best years in the middle of midfield. I know he used to, I think, I'm sure one season he scored 
double figure goals, you know. He was inspirational up and down the pitch. Mm. Another one who was a hard man, he could he could get stuck in, but he could also play. He was no mean footballer, you know. I remember when they played Stoke in the um, League Cup semi-final uh, at Old Trafford, the second replay. He was absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm sure if he looks back, he'll think that was one of his best games. Because I know my brother-in-law, when Billy got the ball, he reached his away from it because he was running the show and uh, I know he scored one of the goals and um, but a legend a legend you know most appearances you know um, and then he moved to centre-back and obviously in the 1980 cup final played at centre-back so he's been in a few positions but you know uh, played on till he was 40 plus and uh, you know and I think he was such an unassuming chap that you know, I know that after every game he get straight dressed and go home to his family. You know, lovely family man. And um, but he was a he was a great West Ham captain. You know, and uh, so could do everything in midfield. Really, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's brilliant, a lovely guy. And he's just such a humble man off the pitch. Um, and and that's what that's what often surprises me about him is he's you see you know i've watched him on highlights and stuff he's swashbuckling you know yeah that that's an image of him with his bandage on his head oh yeah and the beard. I love that. Uh, but still like so unassuming i mean the guy yeah I, don't think, I still don't think he's got a mobile phone um he famously has never had a mobile phone i think it might still be the case but um a thoroughly decent man yeah, yeah. And you, and you, and when obviously we dedicated the stand, we, you know, renamed it Bobby Moore, the the body, the Billy Bond stand. Um, you could just see how much it meant to him. You know, yeah. so much emotion from a man who you didn't see any emotion like that. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. playing or managerial career at West Ham, and uh, it was a lovely, it was a lovely moment for him. You know, to be recognised. Yeah, too right, and and a bit, bit obviously late, a bit late and everything, but it, but it's you know. It, we're doing right and, and doing that yeah it started to make amends okay it's billy, never too late never to honor the you're event. totally right you're totally right okay billy's in who is he gonna partner in that center then trevor brooking i could imagine yeah it's gonna be billy, billy was uh, trevor's minder i think you know um if anybody sort of was kicking trevor billy had come over and um sort them out yeah well again another two-footy player equally comfortable on right and left and again, like Peters, not a pace, but he didn't need it, you know. And how he used to, the ball was played, and how he used to sort of let it run past him and move on to it, you know. And uh, a sort of superb footballer, yeah. one of the the best in the country at the time, yeah. And that, and when we went down in the league, he didn't go. No. Nowadays, people would just go. And they wouldn't want to play in like the second division then or the championship. He stayed. I know he had his assurances from Ron Greenwood that he, it wouldn't affect his England career, but it's great the fact that he um, he stayed. Mm. And it, I think it took a couple of seasons for us to get back, yeah. but you know we did. And um, obviously in 1980, he powered his header past um, Pat Jennings. You know, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, he's a, another legendary footballer at West Ham and another decent man. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's more important to be a 
a good human being than a, a good a, a footballer, obviously. And I think he was both a, a great footballer and a decent man. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Lovely guy, Sir Trev. And again, I don't think he's got a mobile phone either. No. Because of her house number. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, you just, it, it's funny when you think of things like that. But, you know, and, and again, I know I always say this, and I know I harp on about, but, you know, the fact is that he was doing, and Peters and, and people like that were doing, you know, playing some beautiful football. This is ticky, sort of ticky-tacky before ticky-tacky came along. Yeah, yeah. On, 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 cra- on bogs of pitches, you know, like that team, what it could have been like at, you know, London Stadium on the bowling green at London Stadium, you know, it's having a, a smooth surface, you know. That, that's, well, that's I, what, there were more heaps, you know, paddy fields. I mean, you know, um, either muddy or covered in water or in the winter, you know, like skating rinks. I mean, like you say now, what would Trevor Brooking and Bobby Moore and Martin Peters do on a, on the pitches now? You know, yeah. I saw the match the other night and I said to my son, that pitch, it's, you know, the end of the season or, or you know, the end of the season really. And it looks like it's an August pitch. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? The, the, yeah, uh... yeah. The way they, the way they sort of keep and oh, I mean, fair enough. It hasn't had any football on for three months, but no. still, uh, I mean, that, that's the one thing. Every time, obviously, I, I'll be there on Friday and, and stuff at the, at the ground, and uh, just you can just just from up top that they, they just it's, pitches are immaculate. You know, it's like yeah, you know, and it's they are beautiful, and it's like you just think some of these some of these sort of older players on those pitches you would oh, yeah. have been well beat I mean they already they already were world class they would have been even more so isn't it and, yeah and, that's and right. the adverse, yeah. I'd love to see the Messi's the Ronaldo's on those yeah. pitches just to see what they would do and you know oh yeah I mean interesting. I mean I know players today they do complain if yeah. the pitch is not as good as they think it should be they do have a bit of a moan about it you know yeah. I know that Pep uh, Guardiola's complained in the past about the grass being too long or, yeah. you know, yeah. They don't know they're born. <laughs> they don't know they're born these days. You're right, John. Right, who's who's your last piece in that uh, midfield then? The well, I'd love to put John Sessons in Yeah. on the left because, you know, uh, John was a, a great left winger and uh, one of my heroes. But it's got to be Alan Devonshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Five thousand pounds from non-league. How does that work? You know, uh, and another two-footed player could go right or left, go past a player on the outside, cross it with his left foot, like in the cup final, cut inside. A, a wonderful footballer and another really nice guy. I've had, had a couple of interactions with him outside Upton Park, and yeah. you know, only briefly, but he had time for you. You know, he wouldn't. Um, wouldn't walk off, and he had time, and you know, uh, but a, a great, uh, great play. I think he only won nine caps, but I know injury may have halted that, you know. But um, he should have. Uh, he was unlucky, really, with that bad injury. Yeah. But he came back without the saving pace, but he, he adapted his game. Yeah. And. Uh, he had a big part in the 85-86 season, you know. Yes. And, uh, yeah, a, a wonderful, a wonderful player, yeah. Yeah, you, and you're right. He, you know, he reinvented himself and came back a, a different player, really. But, 
it, it, it just showed how how skillful he was because you know it's always like you say the same thing about players can you know good players can play in any position. Well, you know about Dev, he, he completely rechanged his game. You know when he came back injured, that just shows how. Good if he was, he was just a speed merchant, he wouldn't have come back no. and well, done what he did. But enabled him to uh, adjust his game, but still have an have an effect on on the game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and a lovely guy. May well be on. Yeah, the- really nice man. You may well be interviewing him soon. That's all I'm saying. Hey, <laughs> hopefully soon, which is good. Uh, all right, Dev's in. Okay, uh, up front. Who are we going to have up front then, John? Yeah, um, the Dabena case for McAvenny and Cotty, obviously, yeah. uh, great, uh, great um, double partnership in the that season. I think fifty odd goals between them. Oh god, yeah. Legendary partnership. You know, uh, they're unplayable. I mean, I went to the first match in that season when they played Birmingham and McAvenny sort of uh, played a sort of with a whole, like the false nine yeah. Goddard up front. But Goddard got injured and I think McAvenny was then sort of um, put up front. Yeah, shoved up. And, you know. Uh, and I think another one, Frankie loves West Ham and he loves the fans, you know, and, the, and it's reciprocated with them, you know. And Cotty, a brilliant goal scorer, yeah. But the first strike is, is Sir Jeff Hurst, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's second only to Vic Watson in the, the most goals for West Ham, you know. And uh, legendary footballer. And again... He could play with both feet, you know, Um, and he was good in the air. Started off as a, as a, I think a left half. Do you know what one of those is? uh, Yeah, 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 I know that. I know that, John. I know. Yeah, and and then Green Ron Greenwood saw something in him that he pushed him up front, and but that was Ron Greenwood. I mean, as as knowledgeable as any manager's ever been. And he saw something and, and it transformed Jeff and uh, he went on to become not only one of West Ham's greatest, but one of England's greatest, you know, and obviously 66. Yeah, he, he was a, a superb striker, you know, a superb striker, yeah. Yeah, lovely guy. Okay, yeah, so Jeff is in. No, we've got, we've got a few, sir. You've got two, two Knights of the Realm in your team and should have been Bobby as well, but you've got two. That's good. Yeah, definitely. And, and who's the last piece... Of this John Eleven, yeah, it could have been McAvenny or Cotty, yeah. Johnny Byrne, who uh, was a brilliant um, striker for West Ham. I did, uh, with not being able to attend many matches, I didn't yeah. see a great deal of him. Yeah, but I do know what a brilliant striker he was. You know, uh, I think um, I think it was Ron Greenwood called him the sort of English Di Stefano, similar footballer. You know, sort of. Uh, just wonderful ability, yeah. clinical in front of goal, you know, and um, a lovely sort of man as well. I think he, I know he likes to do a lot of chattering. They called him Budgie, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But alongside uh, Sir Jeff, Brian Pop Robson oh, yeah. was, uh, you know, now another another player. He, he played a lot in midfield for West Ham because he got the ability to play in midfield. 
But uh, I think in 72, it was either 28 league goals. I mean, what would you give for a striker to score 28 league goals now? I'd take eight. You know. I'd take eight. Yeah, yeah, you would. You would. <laughs> Double figures would be wonderful. Yeah. But, I mean, he was a, a sort of prolific striker. He could play in midfield. He could create. Yeah. And um, But he was prolific in front of goal. Yeah. I mean, he started off at Newcastle and he, you know, great goal scorer for them. And then, he, you know, he, he joined us and uh, just a brilliant goal scorer, a brilliant footballer. And um, I know he's got a lot of love for West Ham, uh, the things you read, you know. And uh, I think a lot of his colleagues who played with it alongside him really appreciated his yeah. ability, you know. He spoke, I know they speak highly of him, a lot of players do, you know. Yeah. And he never won an England cap, which which is uh, travesty, really. It's all too familiar, West Ham, isn't it? Really? Yeah, you know, sort of Hurst and Robson, yeah, mm -hmm. two, a great partnership, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, again, you know, you look at something like Billy Bonds, you know, never never getting an England cap, and you think... I mean... How I mean, in, got, for God's sake. Yeah, if yeah. an English striker scored 28 league goals now, they'd be in the squad immediately, you know. Yeah, from the age of about 18, they'd be in the squad straight away, you know, like Michael Owen type thing, you know. It's like. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Billy Bonds was never capped. I know he, he missed out through injury. He would have been capped, I think. But um, but then you look at Billy and you look at someone, I can't remember who it was, but it was interviewing someone, and he, he said, how many, how many, uh, caps like Emlyn Hughes got over that period and you think yeah you know, Billy was so much a better player than him and yeah yeah it's uh, it's very strange you know it, it, I don't know it, it's always seemed West Ham were discriminated against for England were concerned you know in in some respects well it's always been I mean same as Julian Dix wasn't it same as yeah Dix. yeah Julian I mean I think the John Gorman said he, he had to grow his hair to get picked but they didn't they, Right. I think Julian's reputation went before him, you know. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Now, this is not being unkind to the blacks who played today, like Kyle Walker or Ben Chilwell. Or, would they sort of, you know, score goals like Julian, or could they hit a, a diagonal sixty-yard ball? Would would you know? Would, would they hit one in from 30 even, yards? Even his time, even during his time, John, you had like people like Graham Lasso in ahead of him. Yeah. And, and uh, Pierce, Stuart Pierce, fair enough, you know, because I think he was, he went was off the player. But, you know, Lasso was a quarter of the player that Julian Dix was. And uh, I mean, Julian did have a short fuse, we, we know that. But, but ability wise, he should have won 50 caps or more easy. if he went on ability. Yeah. That's what they should do, really, but never, they never did it. It was always, as you said, something like Graham Lasso, quite clean cut, you know, and yeah, you know, clean cut, and you know, yeah, he didn't, he Julian didn't fit into that sort of no, no feel of that team. They were all, you know, pretty boys, and yeah, yeah, talk for ages. John, man, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Yes, I've loved it, loved it. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure, Russ. Thank you. And obviously, thank you to everyone for watching as well and continue to watching. Uh, I really appreciate everyone's uh, all, the, all the likes and comments and stuff. So make sure you share and like and 
do all that stuff and subscribe if you haven't subscribed to the channel already um and until next time for me and john take care everybody we'll see you again very soon and come on you irons come on you irons, come on, you irons. yes take care everyone see you later bye 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 sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.